0: church employment termination and reporting on this edition of truth and love i'm dale johnson and you're listening to truth and love a podcast of the association of certified biblical counselors where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face and today i'm really excited to introduce you to our guest and i'm so thankful that you all are not expecting me to address this topic uh this one would be way in over my head but but today i have with me uh, george crawford and uh, george is an elder at grace community church in sun valley california he's been a member there since 1978. he's married to his wife Anne for 38 years he has two sons steve and mike Uh, with four grandchildren. He has served in the California legal system for 37 years as a prosecuting attorney, also 14 years as an administrative law judge. He teaches and has taught for quite some time at the Masters University on legal issues as well. And so I am grateful, George, that you are here with us to give us wisdom. And there are a myriad of questions uh, to talk about as we, we we discuss this issue of church employment, termination reporting. We think about it with all the issues going on uh, in today's society with uh, with the abuse scandals that are happening, and uh, but there are many, many other issues that that raise questions, particularly for the church, and we want to be wise on this. We want the church to be free and responsible to be who the church is called to be, to be obedient to the Lord, but we also know we have a responsibility to obey the appointed Uh, Government that God has has given to us, and so let's start with a basic question. And and I know for those of you who are out there listening, your elders in your church, or maybe you're a part of a church leadership, or or something like that. And and some sort of issue comes up with one of your employees, or a question comes up about what you should do. Maybe one of them is acting immorally or something like that, and you begin to have questions. And when you hear that, immediately what sets in is panic and fear. You become uh, scared, almost paralyzed. and what to do we know we have to address a situation that's very difficult but we also find ourselves panicking not knowing are we being responsible according to the law and so uh, George help us to understand a little bit um, that when we when we have that panic we, we tend to act in compulsion out of our fear how do we how do
1: we uh, understand that wisely from a biblical perspective all right let me just take you back to one of the things you said about me. I was uh, with the state of California for just under 37 years total, 23 years as a prosecuting attorney, uh, and just under uh, 14 years as an administrative law judge. I've retired uh, nearly five years ago, uh, so nothing that I say at this point should be attributed to the state of California. Mm. Uh, Nonetheless, with that uh, clarification, the first thing that I think really needs to be realized is that we need to fight the deer in the headlights reaction. Mm-hmm. We need to fight the compulsion to panic. Uh, no less than Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, spiritual depression makes the statement that faith is a refusal to panic. And he points out something that we never can lose sight of in 2 uh, second Timothy 1 6, Paul writes, God gave us a spirit not of fear, mm. and in the original, the term actually means cowardice, mm. but of power and love and self control. I think that uh, is balanced by Proverbs 22 3, which states, in essence, that the prudent see the danger and take precaution, mm. while the naive proceed and pay the penalty. There is all the difference in the world between being prudent and being fearful. Uh We're called to be the former. We are definitely not given the luxury of being the latter. Uh Now, one of the things that uh, is a real blessing for the church at this time is that Western law is still sufficiently shaped by biblical norms to the point that the more biblical you are in your procedure as a general rule, the less likely it will be that you're going to find yourself uh, on the wrong end of a legal controversy. Uh, And what do I mean by that? Truth is still a paramount virtue in the legal institution, in the legal system. Uh, Perjury, falsehood stated under oath, Uh, is a crime Uh and its uh, penalty can uh, increase depending on the seriousness of the environment. Uh Uh, We look to see if allegations can be confirmed. Uh, The Lord told us in Matthew 18, he says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be made to stand. Uh, we're looking for corroboration before we make any kind of definitive statement. Uh, the Scripture tells us that uh, we need to follow certain specified procedures. Uh, we also need to make sure that our communication is appropriate. Uh, all too often uh, in institutions, solid institutions of biblical and theological training, we ignore the fact that there are biblical principles of communication, and we do so at our peril. Finally, the issue that should always be remembered is the issue of practicality. Uh, if you make a misstatement, is it going to be practically possible to correct it? So the first and most important thing is to consider what is a solid biblical Practice what is a solid biblical procedure. And don't be afraid to ask the question, just how practical is this going to be?
0: Man, those are so helpful because I'm imagining so many pastors out there, uh, and when you use the the deer in the headlights metaphor, uh, that's the way most of them respond when situations like this arise. and And it, it is a difficult thing, and so I think that certainly helps us not to respond in compulsion to to help to ground ourselves biblically, where we don't get swept away by the fears that uh, of a legal system that's trying to impose things upon us. But but to be able to settle down and and respond biblically. Uh, communicate biblically. I think that's critical. Now, at the next stage in this is okay. We've we've uh, gotten ourselves over the initial uh, fear, the initial rush of panic, and now we do have to respond appropriately. We have to engage in the issues that are coming, and so help us to understand what are some of the pertinent legal issues or principles that are at stake uh, when we're talking about church employment termination and reporting.
1: All right. After the proper biblical procedure has been pursued, a complaint has been received. Thorough, non-prejudiced, non-biased, impartial investigation has taken place, uh, and it has confirmed that there is conduct that has taken place that is incompatible uh, with scriptural requirements for pastor, elder, overseer, Uh, all three describing the same function, Uh, something has to be done. A change will have to be made. Uh, It is communicated properly, both the procedure and the communication being in compliance with pertinent scripture. Uh, You may well be considering possible legal questions. Uh, Can this individual's employment be terminated? What should be communicated about that termination to how broad of an audience should that communication be made? Uh, Basic legal questions will need to be considered at this point. uh, It would be very desirable, uh, if at all possible, to bring in the assistance of a capable, like minded, lawyer or attorney, Uh, God willing, there will be one in your church or not too uh, far distant uh, who'll be able to provide some assistance and guidance and counsel, Uh, depending on what the case may be. uh, That individual will be able to perhaps help you with understanding uh, the difference between a true statement from the pulpit and something that would be considered as slanderous that individual may be able to help you understand uh, when the counselor has a duty to inform concerning something that has surfaced uh, in the course of the ongoing counseling relationship. Uh, He may also be able to help you understand if there is some conduct that has been discussed uh, that may expose your organization to potential liability and would require you to take immediate and prompt action. But at that particular point, you do need to instill uh, or to provide yourself with the uh, legal counsel of someone uh, who treasures the authority of Scripture, and yet who is knowledgeable uh, in the practice of law, and it should be knowledgeable uh, of the practice of law in your specific jurisdiction.
0: Good and after all that, uh, all those types of points of wisdom I think are very helpful for us to consider, and not just to consider, but but to prepare ourselves for, because um, we know the evil one schemes, and sometimes he uses these types of things to to confuse the church. But but these things don't have to confuse us now, as we as we sort of consider. Some of these legal issues, and, and these types of issues are paramount issues, and uh, they what they carry with it are reputations of the individual, reputations of churches, and we want to be wise in how we approach this. And so, and so, I can imagine that we're still feeling some tension relative to our responsibility. We we think about and our legal, legal liability is certainly there. We we don't want to be foolish. We don't want to uh, open ourselves up unnecessarily to some sort of litigation that, that could possibly happen, but we also recognize we are biblically responsible as a church to obey God as the sovereign above all. And so provide us, George, if you can, with some wisdom on where our focus should remain when we think about uh, legal liability and biblical responsibility.
1: Have, that's a
0: great question,
1: Dale. I think that the most important thing for those given the responsibility of church leadership to remember is the distinction that, if I recall correctly, is raised in the Gospel of John. uh, The indictment comes down that certain individuals love the approval of men more than the approval of God. And that is a challenge that we who have had the privilege of leadership within the church must never lose sight of. If we can, we need to act in a manner as stewards of our Lord. That would not expose us to unnecessary legal conflict or legal liability. Operative word is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, more important than uh, the absence of legal conflict is the approval of our Lord God. Uh, always, always keep in mind that there is a greater danger to avoid than legal liability, and that is the danger of the disapproval or the chastening of our Heavenly Father. Uh, there is a greater standard to pursue than necessarily the absence of legal fault, and that is the standard that we see raised in Scripture. I think of two um, Old Testament Uh, illustrations that really illustrate uh, and demonstrate the problem. Uh, In 1 Samuel, uh, we read of the account of two men. Both of them were sons of the high priest Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. Uh, The scripture indicates that very likely they were, uh, while they were serving as priests, uh, they were misappropriating uh, assets that had been donated by the people, Uh, The text also, when you compare it with the uh, works of the Jewish historian Josephus, indicates very likely uh, that they may have been engaged in what we would today refer to as possibly rape uh, and very likely uh, sexual harassment. Hmm. The scripture indicates that God took a very dim view of that. He was well aware of that. Uh, the account in First Samuel indicates that the, uh, the privilege of being engaged in ministry was removed from Eli and his line. Uh, the intimate presence of God, at least for a time, was deprived or was taken from the people of Israel. Uh, when the Ark of the Covenant was captured, A very insightful name was given by one of Eli's daughters-in-law when she heard of the passing of her son, of her husband. Uh, The son's name was Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed. Uh, And as I've indicated uh, or intended to get to, both of Eli's sons died in battle on the same day. Mm -hmm. The other illustration, of course, would be the account of Nadab and Abihu, that we read in Leviticus 10. Uh, We don't know all of the specific details. We do know enough, most likely under the influence of some kind of alcoholic beverage. uh, They engaged in a practice of worship that did not honor God, uh, and he struck them down. When he was uh, explaining what he had done to Moses, who had the responsibility of explaining it to his brother, uh, the high priest, Aaron, Uh, God makes the statement that by those who come before me, by those who come near me, I will be regarded as holy. Mm. Later on in the same chapter, uh, he gives the priestly representative the responsibility of being able to communicate both by word and by deed The holiness of God. They're to teach people the difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Uh, Put another way, that which is worldly. Uh, We need to continually seek to honor God, to act in a manner that promotes and depicts and is consistent with the holiness of God. You've heard the statement inquiring minds want to know. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily need to know. One of the most important things that I think leadership needs to realize is that communication needs to be very careful. It needs to be precise without too much detail. Uh, I want to come back to Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome or corrupt thing proceed out of your mouth. And in uh, our modern culture, let it not go forward out of your computer, your smartphone, or your tablet in written or oral form. Uh But only what is edifying, and I'll move to the third thing that Paul gives, that will give grace to those who hear. And at the center of it is the admonition that we need to always remember, is it necessary? Is it necessary to be disclosed? Is it necessary to be known? Uh-huh. Uh, if you have to end uh, the employment or the service of a particular pastor, it is not going to be necessary for everyone in your congregation to know all of the specific details as to what occurred. Uh-huh. It may not even be necessary for all those in your leadership to know all the specific details. Mm -hmm. Um, So keep that in mind. Uh, We always have to remember that the uh, downside of what occurs, if that is ignored, uh, comes in Ephesians 4.30, which says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by which you were sealed until the day of redemption. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we disregard that far too frequently in the contemporary church, and we do so to our peril.
0: Well, George, this has been so helpful. And I can think as I'm sure many of our listeners are of a thousand more questions, but, but I tell you what, what you've done for us is you've given us a place to start. You've given us a place where we can begin to ask some of those questions. You've given us a grid by which to think through, you've given us a level of uh, confidence, even in this word that God has given us, that, that he's given us answers on how to deal with disputes, how to deal with these difficulties in a way that's pleasing first to him, and that that ought to remain our posture. And so, George, thank you so much for bringing clarity. I'm so excited that, that you would offer your your wisdom and help. I'm so thankful for uh, men and women like you who utilize your gifts uh, that God has given you, and, and you've served the Lord so faithfully for so many years, and now you're wanting to to make sure that the church is, is taken care of and honored and that the Lord is honored in all that we do. So brother, thank you for being here with us and thank you for sharing your wisdom. You're very welcome. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. And I want to remind all of you about our upcoming resource. We are putting together a book on legal issues and biblical counseling. We're calling it Free to Be the Church, Legal Issues in Biblical Counseling. And this book is going to be released in... 2021, and we believe fully that this is going to be a very helpful resource to the church as we help you to think through these types of legal issues, particularly as it relates to counseling, but then also even more broadly as we think about the church and her responsibility as it relates to governing authorities, ruling authorities, and that sort of thing. So uh, be on the lookout for the release of that particular volume. We think it's going to serve you well. You can find out about that resource, its upcoming release, and many more resources at our website, biblicalcounseling.com.